0: This podcast may contain adult themes and triggering topics. Please be kind to yourself if you get triggered by what we discuss.
1: Also, this isn't a substitute for therapy or counseling. Please listen to the appendix at the end for some of our recommendations for resources that will help you find a qualified mental health care provider.
2: Now, we take you to a time in the near future where emotional abuse has been appropriately deemed a crime and the survivors find a home to reclaim their lives and freedom. This is Haven, and these are the stories of the Reclaimers.
3: I think I'm getting the hang of it.
4: The Love Bomb?
3: Yes. Begin playback.
0: Reed, I want to talk about what you said last time.
3: How do you always keep track of what I say so well? No one does it better than you. I'm grateful. So grateful to have found you. And playback.
4: Well done. Nice touch on the emotion at the end. People never suspect humble gratitude. That's true.
3: And it's especially effective with Feeny. He gets more confused when I do it.
4: Do you think he suspects you?
3: Even if he does, I have my gift to protect us both. True.
4: And confusion is a good tool for contra-manipulation.
3: I think I'm beginning to see
4: that. When you idealize him, flatter him, how does he respond now? Is there thought behind his responses? A, A moment of quiet before he does so?
3: The moment of thought is getting smaller and smaller. Good. Good. That's very good. Is he ready for the next part?
4: Not yet. You want to wait until he's automatically responding. Wait until you see him get confused or flustered or respond to your praises with an automatic look downward, something like that. All right. We can at least begin talking about the devalue now, though preparing you to engage on that level. I think that would be good. I'm still not sure how it works. The narcissists I have known start off slow with devaluing, They don't jump into it with blatant statements. Instead, you have to respond with slight, nearly imperceptible conditioning that is a stark comparison to the love bomb. Okay. You brought the timestamps I requested?
3: Of course. I've got them here.
4: Let's look at each, and I'll tell you how to respond. Okay. Begin playback one.
0: Reed, that's wonderful. That quote from the intake book shows that you're using the knowledge tool. Well done.
4: End playback. What would you do with that during Love Bomb?
3: I'd praise the knowledge tool and tell him how much it's helped me. Yes,
4: that works. But in the conditioning stage, you'll still offer the praise, but instead of offering it with an effusively grateful tone, you pause before saying so, furrow your brow feel a wave of concern about your target and then say the same praising words. And that works? Over time, yes. And the point is to place little moments of doubt in Feeney's mind that your gratitude or flattery is slipping. Does he crave the flattery? No. Most people don't crave flattery. It makes them feel uncomfortable. And it's important that you remember that. Then, the flattery... <sighs> I I shouldn't... No, no, you absolutely should. Flattery is one of the easiest ways to deliver what they actually want. Which is? Connection. Humans are hardwired to want to feel connected. Think of the flattery as a shortcut, like Pavlov's bell. You're teaching Feeney that flattery and humble gratitude are markers of the special connection you both share. Then all it takes is a bit of withholding to get him concerned about the connection. I get it. That's...
3: It makes a lot of sense. But the concern he has,
4: will will that really work? Yes. Remember, I've written academic papers about this. Even the slightest concern about status in the connection can cause him to work to gain your approval uh, once more. You want him working to get connection with you. That's so... Wise? Yes. <laughs> Born of suffering. What? Something my abuser said to me long ago.
3: Oh, right. I I read that in your journal. I'm sorry she did that to you. Do you...
4: Do I miss her? Yes. Of course I do. She did everything in her power to manipulate me to want her around. I think about her all the time now. The rumination is terrible. You know, to cope with everything she did, I started making hash marks for the number of times I was thinking about her. Eventually, I had to destroy that list because the number of marks got too large to look at. And she claims she hasn't harmed me. But she has. She's harmed so many.
3: Shall we listen to another timestamp? Yes. Begin playback two.
0: Reed, I thought we might have a session with you and Cora next week. Oh? Yes. Yes. You mentioned that your relationship is strained since the baby arrived. You also mentioned that you've had some reticence going to the survivor group Percy invited you to? (sighs) Yes. I know I should feel welcome there, but... It's completely all right to feel like an outsider in that group, Reed.
4: End playback. I see two opportunities here. First... What emotion did you feed him when he mentioned the baby? A sort of nostalgic grief? Good. That's good. In the devalue, I would have added in a note of withholding. Let him see that you don't quite trust him with all of your pain. That works? For someone as parentified as Feeney, yes. Parentified? Phoenix suffers from an abusive father. Feeney would have been parentified from near infancy. I don't understand. Feeney would have been called upon to be the parent in his relationship with his father. It's typified by Feeney's continual need to save the world and his unhealthy connection with my abuser.
3: Oh, Oh,
4: I see, I see.
3: So, during session, making him think that he can't save me, even in the slightest is going to cause him concern about our very special connection.
4: Nicely done. <laughs> you listen well.
3: Thanks. What's the second opportunity
4: you saw? You said you know you should feel welcome. Plug into Feeney's own fear of rejection here. Add in a statement about how you don't want to burden anyone. Okay. Okay. Would that be part of the parentified stuff? Yes. (laughs) Yes, it is. Feeney fears burdening others, so we'll identify with this.
3: It sounds like part of devaluing is to get him to use his empathy.
4: Yes, as much as possible. The more he can empathize and identify with your struggles, the more likely he is to grieve the lack of connection during the discard.
3: Wait. Am I... Am I going to discard him? To some degree, yes. Uh, b- before I get to find out the one last
4: piece? No, 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 no. You'll You'll have time to get to that information from her before we cut him loose. We'll execute the discard right before we're ready to take over his connection to my abuser. I see.
3: So... Getting Feeney to identify with me, empathize with my struggles, will help with that takeover?
4: Very much so. All right. Get back to listening. I want you to listen to five more sessions and make a list of at least ten possible devaluing responses per session. I'll get on that right now.
0: I still can't believe we're doing this because
1: you're so grateful for the chance to resolve things with him no no best friend pushing <laughs> ever pushing best friend no i know this isn't easy and if you don't want to do it i'll go get him right now no we
0: can... i'm just conflicted about whether or not this is the best way to handle this we don't have a specified protocol for flying monkeys who,
1: who? we didn't write one but we did write one for flying monkeys As I recall, the extended compassion was your idea.
0: I have seen those little told-you-so thoughts running through the auricular. Not cool bringing them here. You're a Truman-sized punk.
1: I'm going to take that as a compliment. And while yes, I am satisfied that you get what I was trying to say about how difficult it would be to forgive someone who helped an abuser, I want to offer something in return. What's that? You were right. I underestimated what a true flying monkey could do... And your original assertion is also true. Oh yeah? Well, which assertion is that again? I'm going to need
0: you to clarify what precisely I was right about.
1: (laughs) I see where Truman gets the punk from.
0: Well, I'm going to take that as a compliment.
1: (laughs) You were right about how flying monkeys are manipulated. They're victims too. In Ben's case, he was in love with his abuser. I never had that. Who knows what I would have done if I'd been involved with dickhead nozzle. Dickhead, huh? <laughs> Ben's term. I thought it appropriate. Can I let him in? Yes. Mm. Hey, Ben. Come on in.
0: Hello, Ben.
2: Hey. Hi. Uh, Hello. I I don't know what I'm doing. I Listen, I, I never made it to your office the first time I was here. That's true. You met everyone at the lodge. L- listen, we're all empaths here, so I think we can all just acknowledge that there's quite a bit of tension tension is putting it mildly do I need to ask permission to read those giant broadcasts you're
0: sending you can read me you'll read things you probably didn't want to know you're angry I'm pretty sure angry is also putting it mildly because of what I did to yep and also to look we'll talk about Rosie in a minute let's deal with Percy first
2: Percy are you angry too
1: I feel like I understand why you did what you did
2: would that help your anger, Feeney, if, if, if I told you why I did what I did? No. I know why you did it. I'm angry that you lied. Yeah. Of all the things I feel bad about, and and there are a lot of things I feel bad about, I feel worst about lying to both of you. Uh, less about lying to her, because, you know, I mean,
0: she's evil incarnate and all. And, uh... Tough crowd. I think that's the other thing. It's one thing to get here and have some story in your head about her, but it's another thing to spend even a few minutes with her and not read that she's on the level. You had the proof in front of you, and you still chose all that. And when you got the recording about what happened to your sister, you heard how hard she tried. You heard her grief about what happened with Kari. and You of all people held the truth in your hands, and, and you still, still chose the inquiry.
2: Yeah, yeah, I did that, all of that. And, and, and all of that is entirely my responsibility. I, and I will regret it forever. I'm getting the remorse. I do feel remorse. What, what's worse is I see how well you both handled that sham of an inquiry and I realize now that I was an idiot. I should have made different choices, and I don't know why I didn't. I, I I know what I would choose now.
1: Now isn't the same as then.
2: Kari told me about the wartime-peacetime thing. I get that. Now is peacetime, and there are different rules. I'm safe now, blah, blah, blah. But I still don't like to think of myself as someone who could do horrible things like that to others. It's it's why I agreed
0: to come here today. I, I, I want to fix it so many sleepless nights Ben Uh, so many spaces where where she wasn't uh, she resigned did you know that she resigned because of the victim statements you provided that you made yourself do you realize how close the haven came to losing her I, I didn't know
2: not until Sonya explained it to me. And I'm sorry for not seeing that. I'm sorry for everything that I did that caused that. I don't want you to have to keep apologizing. I just... Feeney, you get to be angry. Hell, I'm angry at myself. Feels like the whole world is angry at me. Hell, when there are whole VidCon chats out there about how awful I am, try search terms, "Ben the devil, and lawyers suck. You'll find a whole new level of hatred. It's like Dickhead just gets erased, and I get the leftovers of all the horribleness he started.
1: I hadn't thought of that, Ben. This is like a smear campaign he didn't even have to start.
2: Jeanette said that's the legacy of most flying monkeys. They don't know how they're being used, and by the time they find out, they're, they're blamed more than the abuser.
0: Jeanette's good at calling it like she sees it.
2: Yeah. Listen, Feeney. All I can do is apologize with all sincerity and try to show you that things have changed. I'm not, I'm not trauma bonded anymore.
1: Truman confirmed that he can't read you.
2: Good, yes. And as much shame as I felt about rehab at first, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing how much it helped. Hearing four bordered empaths saying that they couldn't find any cause for concern, that I wasn't an antisocial predator, that helped. It validated me in, in, in a lot of ways.
1: That guilt you were feeling that day, that you brought us the addenda, that was terrible.
2: I think it was necessary. I, I did wrong. I needed to confront that guilt. And we should just get past it now? No. I, But I, I do think it's important that we go at your pace.
0: <laughs> well played.
2: <laughs> it's cool, Soleil. I, you want to be pissed as... All get out! I get it. Go for it! I I can take it. Nails, bells! I lived through a malignant narcissist. I can live through anything. Truth. Now, don't you go defending me, Colossi. That'll only make things worse. Has, has she been doing that? Ugh, Colossi, you can't do that. He he deserves to be mad. All he wants. Come on, stop with the bossy.
0: You told him about that. I did. You must trust him
1: a little. He's proved that I can. A little.
2: Hey now, I'm right here. You can tease and make fun of me when I'm not here. I only tease people I like. Ah, and what about the goodest?
0: I only tease people in recovery.
2: Is that a therapeutic maxim or something?
0: Yes, actually. (laughs) Best foundational practice, tease those who are struggling to reclaim themselves. (laughs) I expect an academic paper on it pretty soon. Oh, Don't tempt me. you just
2: had a moment of liking me again. Ben, I have always liked you. It's part
0: of the reason why I'm so angry at you.
2: I manipulated the like.
0: Yes. Don't do it again.
2: I, I didn't I didn't think anyone could be more threatening than Percy. Well, there's a reason we're friends. As a lawyer, I do require all threats in writing. Notarized.
1: Okay. Okay, you two.
2: Ah, yes. Percy, the mediator.
1: I'm not here to mediate. I'm here to give you a chance to move forward. Him getting threatening is just a bonus. He does it so rarely.
2: I suppose it's because he rarely has a reason to.
0: Well, that's true. Though, I do appreciate the courage it took to come here.
2: For what it's worth, I don't expect my apologies to mean anything until I've demonstrated changed behavior.
0: I'll tell you what. I'll walk you over to the dining room, and if Chef Miller made avocado toast today, I'll stay. We can eat together. And if not? Then we can plan another time. Fate, huh? I'm okay.
2: You coming, Colossi?
1: You're really okay with this? Maybe.
0: And maybe it's time we rewrite some of those flying monkey guidelines.
1: Yeah, I knew I liked you.
5: Cora. Oh, hello. Who's this? This is Clark. Addie, meet Cora and Clark.
6: Nice to meet you, Cora. And the littlest, tiniest, cutest member of the Haven, Clark. Hey there, buddy. I'm Atreya, but everyone calls me Addie. You're Dr. Colossi's wife? Oh, yes.
5: Pleased to meet you. Such a beautiful day, isn't it? May we sit with you? Yes, please. And yes, it is a beautiful day. Clark and I were just enjoying the incredible sunshine. Missing California? Yes. The beaches over there aren't like the beaches here. Poor Clark hasn't gotten a chance to play in the sand here. You know, we were thinking of getting a sandbox for the play yard.
6: Would you like to help me pick one? I know it's not the same as a beach, but might help ease
5: the homesickness. Are you heightened? I am. Ah. Retightened. How are you both doing? We're Good. Clark is healthy. Reed's seeing Feeney. Everything here seems... seems good. Do you have an advo? Oh, no. I don't need an advocate. Though I've been fascinated by all the material Reed keeps bringing back from Feeney. Yeah? What makes you say that? The tools. I love when things are categorized. It's comforting to have life organized and ordered. Don't you think? I do. I love the tools, too. Have you met Feeney? Just once. I haven't wanted to interrupt the process of bonding. I worried if I went to session, I'd get in the way. You have been reading the material. I got my degree in early childhood psychology from UC Berkeley. Yeah? That's great! I've heard it's a
6: beautiful campus.
5: It is. Didn't you go to school in Cali? Stanford. That's right. I have a confession. Yeah? I... (laughs) I'm a fan. I love your work. <laughs> you are? Yeah. One of my roommates helped them get your piece, Silver, at Bamfa. Wow, that's lovely. Silver is one of my favorite of your pieces, Addie. Mine too. I love what you did incorporating the digital overlay into the piece itself.
6: Oh, you both are just the sweetest.
5: <laughs> You're adorable. Why, thank
6: you. Was that... A southern accent? Yes. <laughs> A mentor of mine taught me to graciously say a hearty thank you to all compliments, and using a southern accent makes it all the sweeter. I like that. I'm going to steal that. (laughs) Do it. (laughs) Cora, would you like more material to read? I could send over one of our guides. It's a list of references that Feeney uses to create the tools. Yeah. I'm getting that bundle.
5: Do you want to tell me about it? Bundle? Of emotions? Yes. Oh, I just... Can you send the guide to my personal VidCon? Happy to do that. Everything alright? Oh, yes. I
6: I just don't want Reed to get overwhelmed. Absolutely. I'll make sure the notifications are off, too. Just check later tonight. Thank you. I promise everything's okay. I'm okay. Of course. What if we head over to the play yard now? Give you a chance to look at the space, see what you think?
4: I love this plan.
1: Clark Needs a Sandbox.
5: I'd love to. Thank you.
1: Hey, it's Percy and Feeney here. What you've just heard is a work of fiction. But we know that many listeners are living in a world of pain that isn't fictional at all.
0: At the end of every episode, we're going to include an appendix of sorts. Some things we hope will serve those who live with a reality of fear and pain every day.
1: First, we want to let you know about our website, www.empowering.tools, where we keep an ongoing list of books, websites, hotlines, and many other resources for victims and survivors of toxic relationships.
0: Second, love to hear from you. If you'd like to share your story with us or let us know how the episode impacted you, we'd love for you to reach out. These are deeply emotional things, and we want to give you a chance to share. We're a small team, so an in-depth response isn't always possible, but we do read every message we receive.
1: Third, if you're in crisis or you need to find an immediate way out, please call 800-799-7233 for the National Domestic Abuse Hotline. If your abuser is a parent or a non-romantic relationship, there are other resources we've listed on the website that are just for you.
0: A reminder, emotional violence is still violence. You don't need to have bruises on your body to deserve help. And it's okay to feel what you're feeling when you call.
1: Fourth, be safe. For some, getting out will take planning and time. If you know you need help, do what you need in order to safely get away.
0: Lastly, we know how difficult it can be to believe there's hope on the other side of a toxic relationship.
1: Many on our team know the devastatingly difficult steps it takes to get away from an abusive predator. But there is hope.
0: You don't have to do it alone. If you don't have supportive family or friends, you can still find support at the hotlines we mentioned earlier, or at a local hospital or shelter.
1: Thousands of survivors have made it out. Getting out and reclaiming your freedom can be your story.
0: We believe in you.
1: We believe in your future. And And we we believe believe in in your your right to to that that freedom. freedom. Thank you.